Hey everybody, Todd Todd from White Roof Radio here uh, with Alex, and we are here with Stephen Simpson from the Mini JCW Racing Team, and uh, we interviewed Stephen a few months ago when he was in Kansas City, so we're glad to have him back after um, a successful finish to the season. Stephen, how are you? Absolutely. I'm very good, guys. Thanks for having me on this evening. Absol- absolutely. We're very happy to have you, yeah. We were, and, and just as a programming note to our listeners, we were supposed to... Uh, have you on last week, and uh, our our lines got crossed, but it's good because the day after we were supposed to record last week, the team, the three minis went out at Road Atlanta, and uh, one of the minis finished second, right? Absolutely, it was uh, it was a great way for us to end our uh, our season, and uh, it leaves us going into the off season with with uh, lots of exciting things to to be working on, and. Uh, I suppose waiting, uh, waiting pa- as patiently as we can for uh, for next season to come along, and hopefully uh, we can pick up where we left off uh, at Road Atlanta. Well, that's awesome. It was a, it was a, I'm sure a fun season for you guys, and kind of a, a brand new. You didn't have a lot of prep time at the beginning, right? This all just kind of happened pretty quickly, and uh, what I mean is not a lot of prep time for the cars. You kind of got to know them through the season. Is that right? Absolutely, the the everything came together very late, uh, as is typical with motor racing. But uh, you know, in this situation, what we did was we we knew we were unlikely to make uh, the first race at Daytona, and we we just did our best to get the cars ready and uh, and get to Sebring in March, which turned out to be our first race. And uh, I must say. Lap Motorsports and Lewis Pericarpi, uh, the owner, they they just did a fantastic job to get the cars ready in time. Uh, I think Lewis got uh, got the cars ready in in record time, and uh, you know it's still funny to think about it because that first weekend at Sebring, we had two cars on track, uh, and uh, the the 37 car got out for some practice uh, before the race weekend or I should say before qualifying and um, ran a couple laps and then the number 52 car it it literally went through tech uh, on Friday afternoon and uh, or I think it was Thursday afternoon actually and we went through tech rolled off the scales and went straight out for qualifying and that was the the first laps that the number fifty car, fifty two <laughs> car ever turned was uh, in qualifying at Seabreak. So, so the, uh, the shakedown was during qualifying. <laughs> absolutely, it was. So uh, to think uh, where we started and and where we've ended up, it's it's really a great story, uh, you know, to to have started off there and to be ending the season a handful of months later uh, with a second place finish. It, it's just. Uh, it's just fantastic. So, um, uh, Stephen, I'm, I just wanted to bounce back on what you said in regards to uh, the cars being uh, prepared in a record time. Like, what what makes it exceptional? Because you know, some people that are uh, some of the, our listeners are not necessarily familiar with the process of uh, preparing a car for uh, for uh, racing. So, what makes it like really an accomplishment that it was done like in such a, a short time? That's a great question, Alex. So uh, a couple things. Uh, you know, on, on one hand, the uh, mini John Cooper Works hardtop cars that we've been racing this year are very, very similar to uh, a road car that you can go and buy in a dealership. 
On the other hand, in getting the cars ready to go racing, there was a lot involved. So when the cars arrived at Lap Motorsports Workshop, they were road-going cars. You, They were just like you could buy off a dealership showroom floor. And then what the team had to do was literally strip the cars to a blank bare shell. Uh, then what happened was the roll cage got designed. And bearing in mind, with the F56 being a new car, and the car hadn't been raced before, there there wasn't a a blueprint roll cage that we could go and buy off the shelf. So the team actually, actually had to design and custom make the roll cages for the cars. So uh, that typically is, is a fairly long and detailed process. And uh, it was still detailed, but it was just, it was done in a very short space of time. And then once the roll cage was done, the car got painted inside uh, to, to make it look good. And then a lot of the electronics, we have a Motec uh, dashboard system in the car, which gives us telemetry. Uh, we had to fit things like a, uh, a safety cell, which is mandatory for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. So this the, the fuel cell is very different to what the fuel cell would be in, in a road car. Uh, so it's actually a racing fuel cell that has to be located in a certain position in the car, which is actually in the trunk. It has to have certain safety features around it. Uh, it also has to have a fire extinguisher hooked up to it. So that was also a long, detailed process. Uh, so a couple of the, the, the parts inside the car took a lot of time. Uh, one of the other things that also took a lot of a lot of time and effort and also money was our differential. And we worked closely with WaveTrack differentials to uh, design and build a, a differential for the for the race car because the, the standard road-going differential wasn't, uh, wasn't going to work uh, from a racing point of view. So that got designed and built. Uh, but really, Alex, other than, other than those couple of things that I've mentioned, uh, the car, a lot of the car is stock. So the engine is completely stock. Uh, the transmission is stock. Uh, we use, a, obviously, it's a manual car. And um, we don't tune up the engine in any way. It's, it's absolutely how, how anybody out there who has a, a 2015 Mini John Cooper Works hardtop car would be driving. So on, on, that's why I say on, some, on, on one hand, the car is very similar to a road-going car. And then on the other hand, there was a lot of work that needed to go into to make the car actually uh, raceable. T thanks for describing all of that. I mean, it's uh, it's. I mean, you're right. It's really a huge accomplishment, and um, and it's something to behold because um, you know, I I don't know if you guys are going to be fielding a mini team next season, and, and I'm sure you can talk about it. But um, I, I've had a chance to attend Lime Rock and, and see the car uh, up close, and it's really something to behold. So uh, so congrats on that. So it's, it's a really huge uh, accomplishment. Thank you. And so. Uh Stephen, I know you said other than the safety modifications that go into the car, it's a uh, it's very similar to a showroom car. So, which brings me to my next question: is what are the difficulties in prepping the car for the track, especially a new car like this, getting to know the limitations of things like brakes and uh, the onboard computer system, and you know all of the, hey, let's turn the DSC, let's turn all of the traction control off, let's disable whatever we can 
because I know, you know, from myself, personal track experience, a lot of those are, are fairly intrusive in a track environment. So what did you guys learn and what did you have to do to the car to make it race competitive? You know, another great question, Todd, and uh, absolutely, I mean, everything you just mentioned is spot on. Uh, what we are trying to do is run the car with the standard ECU unit that, that comes with the car. Now, our other option, which a lot of other teams out there do, is they go and buy a very, very expensive Motec or Bosch ECU unit, which essentially when you buy that new ECU, it can override all the other electronic components in the car. And what we're trying to do is is keep this car as stock as possible. And um, it has been a challenge because, as you just mentioned, with the ABS and the stability control and and all the other different uh, bits and pieces of, of computer components in the car that when you're going around a corner really quick and uh, you're getting on the power and your, your four-wheel drifting, uh, typically the the electronics in the car are saying, no, we don't like this. Uh, we think you're going to get in a crash, so we're going to slow you down. So there have been, at, at almost every race this year, we've uh, we've been playing around with that. We've had uh, uh, many technicians at all of our races this year, which uh, they've just been fantastic, uh, not only teaching us a lot about the car, but then also learning a few things themselves when the, the car gets put through its paces on, on the track. So... Uh, so in terms of all the, the stability controls and, and electronics, it's something we're working through. We're, we're essentially trying to, to a certain degree, reverse engineer the car and uh, try and get our minds around what the electronics are, are telling the car to do, uh, why it's telling the car to do that, uh, and in what situation it's telling the car to do that as well. So uh, things like braking, uh, we have been experimenting a lot with uh you know one of the things we've been doing is is trying to turn the abs braking off the car and, and see if that's going to help us and i can tell you now we did do that and uh, we actually did it at road america and and uh, i came in the pits uh, immediately and said we have to have abs back on because the abs <laughs> wasn't only affecting the braking there were various other components that we're getting affected by that. So it, it's fairly complicated, uh, but it's something we've been working through and uh, and f finding solutions to. That's interesting. So so I know earlier in the season, uh, you spoke of braking. <clears throat> you learned a lot about the limitations of, uh, of that. And so what have you figured out for the best setup for brakes um, within the limitations of what the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge will allow for for use on the track so the braking system on our car is the, the with the continental tire uh, sports car challenge the the rules what they do is obviously we have various different manufacturers uh, various different uh it well every car has strengths and weaknesses so what the series do is is they work on the bop which stands for the balance of performance before between all of the manufacturers out there so essentially some cars might have slightly more horsepower than others depending on their weight uh, and they just try and balance everything out to make sure that it's as level playing field as possible and one of the areas which 
IMSA decided were actually was too good on our minis is the Brembo brakes that the uh, John Cooper works come with. So what we actually had to do was take off the Brembo brake system and then put a Cooper S brake system on the car. And once we did that, we realized that the, the Cooper S braking system was not quite good enough for racing conditions. So what we then did was we kept the Cooper S caliper and we, we were able to use a slightly bigger brake rotor. So what that was able to do was provide, obviously, more surface area for, for the braking, uh, but also uh, disperse some more of the heat uh, a bit quicker. So uh, that upgrade worked very, very well. And, um, and right now, the brakes are, are really good. We've, we've been working on cooling as well, because some of the races we went to were, were not only very, very hot, but also very hard racetracks on, on the brakes. So we've been working at the brakes, I would say, almost every race weekend. Uh, something else we've been doing is working uh, with, with various brake manufacturers on finding the best brake pad for our, for our cars as well, because obviously the races are two and a half hours. And when we run for two and a half hours in very hot, uh, grueling temperatures at uh, heavy brake racetracks, uh, the brakes take a real pounding. So we've been experimenting with our brake pad compounds as well. And, and I think where we're at right now is is really, really good. I mean, I, I think we can still find a little bit more performance in the brakes, but it's something that we've been, we've spent a lot of time and money uh, getting to the stage that we're at right now. So um, I have a, a two-part question related to what you, you just said. So um, the the racing authorities, uh, you know, in charge of, you know, doing this, uh, balance of performance thing. Um, can you explain us first, like how do they come to the realization that you know maybe you guys have two two good breaks compared to uh, maybe uh, the competition? And also, is there some kind of um, some kind of politics involved in uh, seeing a new a brand new team uh, basically progressing so rapidly uh, over you know over over a season as opposed to some teams that, some legacy teams that have been here for a long time? Like, do you have to? pay your dues before you can actually, you know, claim, you know, some, some fame or is it just some imagination on, on my part? No, it's another great question, Alex. And, and you're spot on there. I mean, I, I suppose answering the second half of your question first, uh, firstly, IMSA are, are so happy to have Mini USA part of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. At the same time, there are manufacturers and, and teams that have been in the series for, for many, many years. And what IMSA do not want to do is is they, they're very careful, and I must say they're very clever uh, about how they go about uh, balancing the performance of all the cars. Because with a, a brand new car coming into the series, they want to make sure that the car isn't going to go out there and, and be at the back of the field, but also make sure that the car is not going to go into the first race and um, and and be a second faster than than all of the the teams and manufacturers that have been there for a long time. So, really, IMSA want to want to understand about the team, about the manufacturer, about the car, and over the course of a year, get an idea of. What are the strengths and weaknesses of a car, and what are what is the average speed or or finishing position or qualifying position of a specific car, and and that's how they will then put 
the balance of performance and, and make their calculations for the following year. And with us this year, it was you know, certainly a part of we needed to pay our dues. We needed to go through the process. And, uh, and, and IMSA didn't want to, they wanted us to do well, but they didn't want us to do too well too soon. And uh, like I said, I, I think that the, the way IMSA go about their balance of performance is very, very good. Even if sometimes we, we want a little bit more uh, boost or we want a little bit more uh, uh, top line speed, uh, I, I really respect the, the way they go about their, their balance of performance. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been something good that we've been able to work with them through. And, um, and I, you know, I must say, I think we're happy with where we're at. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking, uh, we want IMSA to give us uh, more boost or bigger, bigger breaks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think we're actually at a good stage. And I think the the next step is going to be up to the team to do a lot of testing and development on the car and just understand the car a lot better. All right. So speaking of the of the future, then, do you have an agreement yet with Mini USA uh, to support, you know, a team again next year um, or are you that far along yet? Yes, we we are absolutely thinking of uh, of 2016, and uh, I can tell you that we're going to have three cars on the grid next year, and uh, and and preparation for for next season is well underway. And the one thing about this championship is that our season, or, or rather our off season, is is not too long. Uh, looking at my calendar now, we have uh, we really have two and a half months until the the, the cars are going to be uh, loaded up and on their way to uh, to Daytona in Florida for the first official series test of, of next year, which happens, it's the second week of January, and uh, we have a three-day test at Daytona in preparation for the first race of the season, which is at the end of January. So, uh, we really don't have a ton of time to uh, to sit back and relax. The cars are going to get rebuilt. Uh, all three of them will get rebuilt uh, before they head off to Daytona. And uh, we're also we've got a, a long list of developments and 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 things and ideas that we want to be trying on the car that we think can uh, improve our lap time and improve our performance next year. And it's uh, it, those are ideas and things that we want to try. Uh, and we want to implement uh, now because really once the season gets going, apart from the first couple of races, which uh, are uh, there are a couple of weeks between the first few races, but really in the middle of the season, the races are, are every second week. So uh, there's not much time uh, in the middle of the season to be uh, doing a lot of the big developmental uh, plans and ideas we have. So now is actually a fairly important time uh, planning for, for next year. So um, go- going into uh, going into a new season like this, um, what uh, drives the no pun intended, obviously, what drives the um, the uh, the decision to to do another season like this, except for the for the results? Like, do the fact that you know fans showing up at races is it like a uh, is it a deciding factor into you know continuing, or is it just you know purely performance oriented? You know, Alex, I can't talk on behalf of Mini USA, uh, but what I can say is there there, there are a number of different factors that that would go into uh, into a decision. Uh, I think that uh, some of the things that from a from a team's point of view, we've been very 
very, very surprised and, and very, very happy to see is the response that we have got from uh, MINIACs uh, all over the country at races we've been to. Uh, there, there have been some races where we have, and I, I'm thinking of uh, Watkins Glen here uh, and actually at Sebring as well, but we, we were in the middle of a race weekend and we had some kind of incident in, in practice uh, and we needed we needed some spare parts, and there were uh, many owners at the track, and these many owners actually offered the parts off their own road cars to put on the race cars so that we could wow. uh, get out in qualifying or, or make the race. And this happened uh, more than once. I remember uh, one particular occasion we were at Watkins Glen, and and it just poured down with rain right before one of our practices and we needed uh, two uh, well, a set of windscreen, uh, windscreen wipers and uh, we were uh, there, there was a mini owner that uh, that we saw and we went up to him and and asked him if we could borrow his windscreen wipers and he said sure so there we were taking the <laughs> the windscreen wipers off his car and then putting them on the race car so we could get out and and practice so this is amazing <laughs> it, it was absolutely amazing so the the support that we got from mini owners was fantastic the support that we got from mini dealerships was also fantastic again there was there's more than one occasion where we uh, where we we needed parts and and I can think of Sebring as as one example where we needed new brake rotors because the the brake rotors and and the pad compound we had for that weekend where they weren't matching up and and we needed two uh, front brake rotors on one of our cars to make the race and and one of the dealerships in the area actually took two new brake rotors off one of their brand new cars and drove them uh, an hour down to the racetrack for us to uh, fit them to the car and, and get out on track. So uh, the, the support has just been fantastic. The, we've had uh, many corrals at all of the races, which was uh, organized by Motorworks Magazine and, and Mini USA. And uh, we had great turnout at all of our corrals, which was just fantastic as well. And, and during those mini corrals, what we do is Mini USA provide lunch for all of the attendees, and we invite all of the mini owners into the team tent and give them a tour of the race car. They get autographs by all the drivers, pictures with the drivers and the teams, and that that was a huge success as well. So the reaction that we have had uh, with Mini USA uh, being back involved in, in professional motorsport in North America has just been fantastic. And we've even had uh, mechanics from rival teams come up to us and say that their uh, their son drives a Mini and they love Mini and can they have a, a crew shirt to go and give to their <laughs> to their son. Uh, so it, it's been fantastic. Uh, and obviously the, the, the team making good progress and, and moving up the grid and obviously finishing with our second place finish at Road Atlanta that you know that's also further uh, motivation to carry on and uh, and move one step up uh, once one step further up uh, up the the finishing order next year and actually uh, win our first race well i think that's incredible and i think with the the success that you uh, you know finish the season with especially 
um, you can count on more of that support for for next season and more fans coming out. And I know your final race is uh, it's going to be on TV coming up very soon. Uh, I believe it's on Fox Sports One. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Uh, um, so people will be able to watch that, and it's great because they get to see. You know, we know in advance. Hey, uh, uh, one of your uh, uh, one of the three cars finished second in the class. So tell us a little bit about the race because I know you had rain to to deal with, and uh, the minis kind of uh, uh, they really liked that, huh? You know, Todd, the 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 race was wet for the entire duration, and uh, what happened was when about an hour before the start of the race there was a final practice session with one of the other categories that was racing that weekend. And there were, it, it was raining very, very lightly, but a dry line started to form going through turn one. And it was very much one of those decisions within the team of what do we do? Do we put rain tires on the car or slick tires on the car? And we decided to split the strategy for, uh, for the three cars. So, Two of the cars started on slick tires, and one of the cars started on wet weather tires. And I actually started the race in the number 37 car, and I had slick tires. And and I thought, well, with uh, 50 cars driving around the track, uh, there should be a dry line that forms fairly quickly. And not long after the race starting, it it just started to, to rain a little harder and uh, I can tell you that uh, driving on uh, driving with slick tires around the racetrack, uh, around a wet racetrack, was uh, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun, uh, but it was certainly a handful. Uh, but we were quicker than uh, a lot of the other cars on track, and I I think I overtook about eight or nine cars within the first few laps of the race. Wow. Uh, so uh, we were doing well and uh, anyway after about 15 or 20 minutes of the race I came in and we put wet weather tires on the car and uh, shortly after heading back out on track the team came on the radio and told me that I just set the fastest lap of the race and uh, we were going great Uh, it was it was looking really really good for for not just the 37 but the other two cars as well Uh, we had the 52 car running i think in fifth position when uh ramin came into the pits and uh, all cars were, were doing great and and the car handling in the wet was just fantastic it was so much fun to drive uh and and there were a couple of things that really stood out firstly the braking in the rain was amazing i was able to brake later than any of our competitors and the second thing was just the overall grip and the balance of the car was was just fantastic so um, it was a lot of fun to drive. We were really, really quick. And I think at the end of the race, uh, two of our cars, well, the, the number 73 car actually set the fastest lap of the race. And the number 37 car, uh, my teammate, Zach Meyer, uh, set the third fastest lap of the race. So uh, the Mini was definitely the, the fastest car in the race. And um had it had the race lasted a little bit longer, I'm pretty sure Matt in the '73 car uh, uh, could have actually won the race for us. Well, uh, that's that's an incredible finish, uh, considering a lot of people would look at, at rain and think, well, you know, <laughs> not such a great day. But turns out it was uh, it was great for the minis. So fantastic! Congratulations on on good finish overall. And I know you personally have raced in quite a few of the races this year, and I know you have a lot of different drivers throughout the year, um, and a lot of them coming into a brand new car. So, one, how do you find 
the drivers uh, because you go through quite a few during the season, I'm sure, through with a, a team of three different cars. And, um, you know, what's it like for them to, to get into a brand new car, you know, and, and kind of learn as they go? Absolutely. Well, in terms of finding the drivers, that was something that uh, on one on one side, it was a challenge because this was a new operation and uh, and, and drivers wanted to see how we were going to do. And the other reason it was a little bit challenging was because the season had already started once we got got underway. So a lot of the drivers had already signed full time deals with other teams. But having said that, I, I feel that we were able to uh, get on board some fantastic drivers this year. Not only fantastic drivers, but good uh, Mini ambassadors and and, uh, and drivers that fitted very well with Mini USA and, and Lap Motorsports. So uh, I really feel we, we were lucky in, in terms of attracting a good bunch of guys. Uh, and, and then how they uh, coped with driving the car Obviously, Mini is a front-wheel drive car, but it's also very light as well. So uh, it, it was very much a, a case of uh, the way I explained to our new drivers coming in was this handles like a big go-kart. And uh, when Mini talk about their go-kart-like handling, I can tell you that that's absolutely how, uh, how these race cars feel. Uh, so it really didn't take our drivers too long to, to get up to speed. And, and uh, all of them showed... Uh, uh, showed lots of promise and um and and we certainly hope to uh, to have a few of them back for next year and we've still got a couple of uh, seats available uh, which we're now starting to talk to other drivers about and there's a lot of interest in in the team and and also uh, drivers wanting to drive for mini usa and and drive these mini john cooper works hot top cars uh, there's definitely a, a positive buzz around us uh, at the moment so uh I expect to, as we go into next year, we, we'll probably have some familiar faces in the team, but also some new faces as well. Well, that's awesome. We're we're really looking forward to uh, to next season. It's it's so much fun to see, you know, minis on the track again here in the U.S. I know there've been, you know, uh, uh, a few years ago there was a couple of teams that that uh, fielded some teams here and there, but not to not to this extent and. Um, I, I love it. I love racing in general and and proud of you guys for what you've done and, and so congratulations again on a on finishing the season well and here's hopes uh, that next season turns out even better for you. I appreciate it. We are excited and it's been great to catch up with you guys again. Well Dan, thanks for coming. Yeah, we sure it. we sure appreciate your time tonight and uh try and get some rest in the off season and, <laughs> and you know <laughs> Have have fun as you get ready to to prepare for for January and uh, what's going on down in Daytona then. Absolutely, we're looking forward to it, and uh, definitely we'll, uh, we'll we'll rest up a little bit. But uh, training's going to start very soon. Uh, making sure we have a great uh, 2016. That's awesome. Well, Stephen, thanks so much again for your time. Thank you. Thanks again. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. Good chatting. Good. Take care now. <laughs> 